Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Stratton Mortgage here, season one, episode 11. Uh, we'll start off with our introductions. We're a man down today who wasn't able to make it. Uh, but I'm Tom Christie. Trey Reedy. John Bauman. And Bill Seach. So uh, today's topics, um, and this uh, is kind of dovetailing with some of the things we've experienced here the past couple of weeks. Uh, why are realtors important? Uh, for your home search and, and listing your house and things that you need to be aware of uh, when dealing with your realtor. Um, and uh, this kind of touched a nerve on me. And you guys probably know this. John, I don't know if you've heard me no. yet the last few days. Uh, I really wanted to touch on this today. Uh, you know, realtors have, the, the, you know, that we all need to work together as a team. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of good realtors out there. And there's some that just don't know what they're doing, nor do they care. Uh, and trying to find that right person to list your home or to work with uh, is is really important. And people need to do their research. You know, and we how many episodes we've said that? Ask your questions, do your research. Um, so I had a client that I was working with at selling their house, closed their loan last Thursday, and I'm starting to helping them trying to review their numbers. Well, typically when you sell your house, uh, they do what's called an early signing, right? So you the seller is going to sign their documents uh, before the actual closing on the sale of that house, maybe a couple days in advance, typically. Um, you know, with the CD side, that's, that's did, how it happens. Did this all come up because we had, you were doing the, the sale side and Adam no. was doing the buy side? This, you no, just, you no. just saw it. Okay. Yeah, I just, oh, well, Sorry to interrupt. I was no, just, no, yeah. That's, that, well, the, the buyer's <clears throat> agent brought it to our attention of, of, you know, pay attention to these figures here. And that's what I, what you're going to hear here in a second, how it got to this. Okay. Uh, you know, so this this guy had been marketing this particular area. He's known to be a, a you know big person in this particular area. Like he just get everybody knows we get those flyers in the mail. Hey, your I just sold your neighbor's house for this. You're always seeing this person's face show up in your mailbox. Um, and that's why not? I mean, Repetition. they know the area. That's right. fine. Right. Yeah, it's completely fine. So, you know, this is the guy they wanted to do. They enjoyed his conversation. Sound like a good guy. Great. Um, you know, we're going to list your house. You know, we're going to make three percent. You know, the buyer's going to make three. So there's a six percent brokerage fee on the sale of your house totally normal uh, so again go back get to the closing um, again I'm helping them review these fees and, and all the costs that associated with selling their house uh, next thing you know I'm looking down I'm seeing well it looks like this uh, this particular case it was six percent but the uh, the seller's agent their listing agent took four percent of that six and then gave the buyer's agent two percent now when he did that there's a system when these people get these listings in their mailbox, you know, Hey, this is a house, you know, meets your criteria, blah, blah, blah. They know if that, if that buyer's agent or that seller's agent rather is going to pay that, that their other agent, their 2% commission, 1% or 3%. So he was only marketing out there to saying, if I'm selling this house, I'm only paying any of your clients or their, your particular agent, 2%. I'm keeping the other four. Did he do that on MLS? Is that legal to do that? Yes, but they don't know that. The, the sellers did not know he was doing that. Uh, so it is legal because he told him there was a 6% brokerage fee. But how that brokerage fee was divvied up is where the question should have been asked. Gotcha. Well, they did ask. And he told him, well, yeah, we make 3%. But again, it wasn't in writing. But what it was in writing was 6%. So that part was legal. But what these clients did not know was that only a smaller pool of people were seeing their property listed for sale because the agents that saw that this guy was only paying 2%, for their clients to buy this home, they those their people weren't seeing that house. So in essence, the bidding wasn't even coming into right. play. It was not because uh, they they had they had less they had less eyeballs on that property. 
I mean, and he was, and because of the seller's market, he was willing to roll those dice, knowing that if the house takes one more week longer to sell, he still makes an extra percentage off of this, and no one will know any difference. What was the loan amount? One hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars. Well, the the sell price ended up being one eighty-nine, but because the the people buying their house were only getting the two percent, and the house sat for two weeks. They, the agent, no, again, in this market, knew that they, well, now I have leverage because these sellers now are in contract to buy a house. Now they have to sell. Now now you're going to start losing thousands of dollars because now it's desperation mode. Because you, and again, their agent was nowhere to be found to help out with any of this. Right. So now there's a 2% seller concessions on top of that for that buyer's agent to make up their extra percentage that he was unwilling to pay because he wanted to keep. So, not to mention the house was appraised out for $6,000 more. And again, in this environment right now, yeah, right. to get a house that far below market value, that, that's just unheard of right now. And it's all because there was less number of people. But that circles back to why agents are important, because they're the exposure for the sale of your house and can create those bidding wars with ultimately what you want. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all relative. If, if you list your house for, you know, less simple numbers, say 160, but that, that agent can get you 165, well, you just made up your your you know your your commission the fees that you had to pay your realtor because they did your job they created a, a bidding war to sell your house for more than what you wanted to get for it which covered their fees. Did you check any other of his listings just to be, sh- you know? Well, I mean, <clears throat> there's only so much time in a day. Yeah. You know, I mean, I right. I, and again, I I have absolutely zero to benefit from this. I mean, if nothing else, I probably hurt myself right. by going through and, and exposing some of these antics. That and again, there's. There's, this is the first time I've ever seen this. I presented this in front of a num- number of realtors, and no one's ever seen that. And every single one said that's completely shady. That's wrong. Oh, is it legal? Yes. And is it right? It is not right. Uh, these people in they lost at least I would say at least five thousand uh, dollars more of a capital gain they could have got from the home as proceeds being used to put down the next house that was lost out because of the way he structured this to serve his needs best, not his client's needs. He was looking out for his needs, not the client's. And again, in an environment knowing the house is going to sell, all he's got to do is type in information, dump it in MLS, and all these realtors get that information. And it's just a matter of algorithms of populating into everybody's emails. So, I mean, what kind of effort is that for data entry? And just to be clear for the viewers, um, the people that – are looking on MLS, and I guess that would be kind of a. But viewers can't look on MLS. Do you have no, to no. Have... I know the the other realtors that are searching for houses in that area. Mm-hmm. They look on there and they say, "Oh, two percent," and then they shy away from showing that house to that customer yeah. because it's only two percent. Yeah, at a reduced commission. Yep. Most realtors I know don't work at reduced commission because their time's more valuable than that. Yeah. So you know. Ba- so basically, your client revealed that they were in contract with their house. So this guy basically saw it as a target of opportunity, and you know, well, you know, because they were in contract in another house, and you know, carrying two mortgage payments would suck. Yeah, well, they could. They, there was a contingency, so they they had like they had to sell their house before they could move into the next one. So the people buying their home, the, the only thing they mean, yes, a they knew that they were only going to get two percent, right? So they knew that much. They weren't getting their typical three for as a buyer's agent. Uh, but B, and you can always see how long a house is set on the market. So, and again, in this in Columbus environment right now, for something to sit on there for as long as it did, they already knew right away, like, wow, this is not gone yet. And it was a, it's again, if I, if you would see the pictures, you would, no one would guess. Like you would say that that house will be gone in a weekend. Um, and I thought it was really strange that that it didn't sell as fast as it did. 
you know, they call and tell me like, yeah, it still hasn't sold. We had to reduce our price. And again, I'm completely floored. Like, such how bull. did this happen? That's such and, bull. And it all had my aha moment. Once <laughs> I start seeing, yeah. when I start seeing these documents, I'm like, this all makes sense now. Why you didn't sell when you did and why it sat as long as it did. Under 200 grand sat that long. That's crazy. Oh, it didn't make matters worse. As I'm sitting in there in the closing, uh, on their spice, <laughs> you know, when they're selling their house, which is that's when the realtor's supposed to be in there, right? He just, he's the listing agent. He should be in there by their side helping them out. I mean, in today's nature, too, I hear brokers don't even go to closings. We do. We, we go to all of our closings. Right. And that's a rare thing. But realtors are supposedly always there. He was not even in the room. He, he did not really? want to be in front of those 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 clients when that, that notary was going over those figures. He was in the hallway trying to find papers to copy, talking to another agent. You know, he dipped his head. Now, when they closed on the sale of their new home, now he's in the now he's in there. I mean, actions speak louder than words. Wow. And, you know, I gave her all this information of, of, to address this with him. Uh, you know, and again, he they didn't even get their seller CD until hours before closing on their new house. <laughs> and there's a reason why he held them getting that seller CD too. Sure. You know darn well there, there wasn't a delay in the payoff. There wasn't an issue. It was a great title company they worked with. I've worked with them in the past. Right. So it was all situated to work in his favor. And I and it, and again, us as loan officers, we serve zero purpose. It benefits us in no way, shape, or form at all remotely. But our number one goal is looking out for our clients, whether it's somebody gouging them on homeowner's insurance or you gouging them on – you know what somebody else is trying to do within this the transaction of what we're trying to help accomplish here uh so and again i'm all about people making money and, and no one's asking somebody to work for free but at the same time you've got to be fair with people within you reason in transparency and honest so that brings me to another point you say <clears throat> you know we go to our closings and I, I was sitting in one uh just this past week and it turned out it was scheduled at like three thirty. well i get there and the builder this was a deal that I picked up from a bank. The builder was trying to charge him nine grand in holding costs, a hundred dollars a day, for three months. I'm like, I've only had the loan thirty days, not even. Well, I, I did pick it up from somewhere else. So I'm like, nine thousand, man, that's a lot. So me and the customers are sitting in the lobby and we're talking about it. And he's like, man, I really don't want to pay nine grand. I said, well, hold on, let me go see what I can find, figure out, you know. So we got the the head of the builder on the phone, and and he started arguing with her about, you know, hey, this is kind of excessive. I can see paying a little bit. Uh, Long story short, being at the closing, we saved the guy three grand in fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? Just by just by being there and getting involved. Yeah, and reviewing math, and yeah, like you just said, otherwise that's that's a lot of money. I mean, just to (laughs) it is. (laughs) It's yeah. I'm, you know, again to the flip side, it's. That's one realtor. Again, I just, I mean, how many loans have we closed? And I've never seen that happen before. So, right. But this guy's closing a lot of transactions. And if he's doing that to five, six, seven yeah. people, now that's over $10,000 that he's taken. And God only knows how much money has been lost in, to some of those other people yeah. in that area because of what his, what his antics are. So, well, shit, I mean, that's 1800 right? Whoops. I, that's 1800 right on that deal alone. I kind of slipped the word. Yeah, there. he did. And, you know, just, but on that, and again, the contract did say 6%, you know, but right. how it was put together, how that 6% was divvied up, and then what transpired because the buyer's agent only getting two, well, there's a, there's an effect to everything at that point. And well, so in this market, too, a house under 200000 just so everybody knows, is going in one day or two days yeah. tops. So I just had one at four oh five. My my client put an offering at four oh five. The list price was three ninety nine five or whatever. Put an offer at four oh five. The other guy bid up to four twenty six. $25,000 almost higher, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he, obviously he won the bid, 
But the house was never going to appraise for yeah, that. So, and, you know? and, and my wife is a realtor. So and it's, it, that antic right there, what you said, it's somebody can go and put it, I'll, I'll offer a million dollars. What What is that worth? I mean, does it have value? Seriously, I mean, because if, if the house appraises out of four hundred thousand, what's what's the, your million dollar offer mean? So, but until somebody comes in and says, "I'll tell you what," now I'm going to be willing to say, "I'll buy it for four hundred thousand, but I'd be willing to pay at least two thousand dollars over," uh, you know, uh, subjected to a potential short appraisal. Now that's a much stronger offer because if it doesn't, it's not, we know it's not going to appraise out a million dollars. So now, now it doesn't appraise out a million dollars per your offer. You said you're going to offer this. Now we're back to the drawing table, and it appraises out at three ninety nine. But you had one guy over here offering four hundred five. So, but now the guy offering three ninety nine is all of a sudden coming back to you saying, "Well, it's only appraised out three ninety nine. I said I'd be willing to pay a million dollars, but it didn't appraise. So I'm not going to pay that much negative equity." And that is an antic that everybody's using right now to try to put themselves on top of that pile. But the verbiage needs to be in there if you're somebody's willing to pay two thousand dollars over. Right. appraised value that might come in short Nelson a million dollar value you know offer means nothing because he's not willing to do that he's just simply throwing a number out there just to look gaudy right unless you have the cash <laughs> yeah but again he's being writing right. and and right. that's what they're not doing they're not putting in the writing they're just saying I'll pay you a million dollars for this house knowing that and that's what agents are doing too so we'll just say we'll pay a million bucks for it but knowing it's not going to appraise same thing there it's not going to appraise a 426. Right. So why even say that? You know, you're in, and you know if it comes in twenty six thousand dollars short at forty thousand four hundred thousand, is he really going to pay his down payment and then another twenty six thousand dollars in equity? Equity, most mm. likely not. Otherwise, right. they would have put it in writing. Right. And that's that that happens a lot, and that's and that's why I try to help educate these people too. You're going to go into multiple offer bids to, in, in this market right now. It's going to happen. Yeah. So knowing how to you know and again back to the realtors, some of them really know what they're doing. A lot of them don't care. They, they, and I've had them tell me to my face, I don't care how this all works, just get it done. Like, well, what do you mean you don't care? You're helping somebody purchase their biggest investment. And you just told me you don't care? Like, why they would should, you not want to understand I, how this works? They should be the first line of defense on helping you understand get what you want. Well, I, Make sure you're not getting taken advantage of, getting the best savings. Yeah. We, I feel like we should kind of be the second line of defense. Yeah, and I tell you, yeah. buying a home is an emotional transaction i mean 99 percent of the time you go in you, you're it's a feeling of what you feel about that house yes it looks great but how do you feel about that house too that's why people stage homes right i mean you you're more likely to sell a home at a higher dollar than if the house is vacant when it's staged versus unstaged so you know everybody gets excited and they're hearing what they want to hear about these numbers they're hearing this hearing that and you just kind of go all willy-nilly with what this person says and you know they might not be looking out for your best interest uh, so if you don't do your research and just go along with what they're telling you, you could be up for a, a very big disappointment and cost yourself thousands and thousands of dollars. I just watched it happen. Right. John, are you going to say something there? Yeah, I've also seen, like, on the flip side of the coin, like, realtors that are really good at doing their job, uh, they actually, like, record a video of the family, you know, to show that, hey, you know, we've got kids, we like the elementary school, this fits to what we have, you know, the school program has some special program for dyslexia, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's why this house is such a good fit. And sometimes the little extras, when they add up and they do things like that, uh, even though somebody's offer might be gaudy or beyond that, they go with the uh, person. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right. Like even those letters, I, right. I, I'd happen to be for a client in, uh, uh, in Lancaster. Uh, every, and again, person selling their home is very attached right. to that home. You have you, they they have memories. They have uh, you know lifestyle uh, uh, like little uh, 
tabs, you know, if you will, or like measurables. Milestones. Measurables, yeah. Like milestones. Milestones. If, yeah, exactly. That's where I was looking for, Trey. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so so they, want, they don't want somebody going in there and like, oh, this guy's going to just destroy this home. You know, they want to know that I got I, my first house I sold, I still drive by and look at, like, man, look, they just let the garden go. Like, and I know how much work I put in that house to get it where it was. When I see all those weeds, it kind of is disheartening to me. So to your point, John, exactly. They, the letter saying, like, oh, we just look forward to raising our family here. Right. Like, and then that person was like, hey, I can see this person's – they're going to take care of this home. They're going to make it even better than what I could. And she took their offer, being $1,000 less, over somebody else because of her letter. And she even drew flowers on the letter. Like, I still – I remember to this day. And then I was like, that's, that it worked in that occasion. So, I mean, what, it can't not hurt. Right. So, I, to your point, I shared that suggestion. Just not, maybe not, I've never done the video aspect of it. That's a good idea of today's technology. Now that it's high tech, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I've always suggested doing that. Well, you said do a letter and say, right. hey, here's why I would love to, you know, start my family here or, you know, get my, this chapter of my life started in this particular property. You know, and we've been sitting here for the last few minutes, you know, banging on real, you know, and again, not realtors, but, you know, a couple of bad realtors. But the problem is when you have a couple of bad apples, it gives the industry as a whole black eye. Um, and when a couple of people do something bad, it's everyone's looked upon in that light, you know, and to us, even that nature, when brokers, you know, for the longest time were looked at as bad people. Um, now, today, everybody's like, well, that's where it is. Like, everybody wants to put the broker behind their name now. Because now retail banks are looked at as uh, they're taking advantage of people, you know, and some of these correspondent uh -huh. lenders. But there's there are plenty of great realtors out there. I right. mean, there is way more good realtors than bad. So and you need a realtor today. They they help protect you, uh, you know, making sure that you know residential property disclosures, you know, because people will lie to sell a property. I mean, it's we've seen that even. But a realtor is going to protect you in that manner. But you've got to do your due diligence. You know, just you can't. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, you know, ask for, <laughs> ask, you know, if you know somebody, you know, to, to start getting referrals for those kind of things, you know, and, and do your due diligence, ask questions. If your neighbor uses this realtor, how was your experience? You know, what, what, how did they, they tell you this and did they deliver? Um, you know, and again, back to this, this client even left her job, you know, or left her work early to go let an appraiser in because this guy was unwilling to, to go and, and let the appraiser in. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. I mean, he made an absurd amount of money and he did nothing did they ask him about the fee at all at closing did they bring it up no he went in the room oh yeah and he they asked him about it over the phone and he said his extra percentage that he makes off of this deal was to pay for his marketing well i mean and then they have these people sometimes that have like really huge teams where the owner of the team is real good but the person that you end up dealing with is was six months ago serving cheesy bread at little caesars yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you know it, it but you're the you know 98 percent of your time is spent with the college kid yeah and 0.02 percent is spent with the person yeah you know, and it's yeah. on that business card yeah i mean if, if you're gonna go have heart surgery are you gonna <laughs> have somebody who you know is six months graduated from high school do that yeah no, no. Like, I, I'm going to be doing my research on the person doing heart surgery. You know, I'm going to be under the knife. I'm making sure, like, who else is this? has anybody died under this guy's watch, right. you know? Sure. It, so, it, it, I mean, that that's obviously a, a drastic comparison. But at the same time, this is also the largest investment you'll make. To make no due diligence of research at all is a disjustice to yourself, and you, you, you're going to lose money. Do your homework. You may not you may not have liked to do it in middle school and high school, and you've if you got a bad grade, you might have got a slap on the wrist from your parents or whatever. But if you don't do your homework now, it's costing you your hard-earned money. Yeah. And 
I'm, I've always equated. And the fee's the same. I mean, you pay the same amount of money for that realtor that's a neophyte than you do for the one that's done like $25 million or something. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's because it's it's a set dollar or, you know, percentage, right. if you will. But in this case, he just, you know, finagled how those percentages were divvied up, you know, to suit his interest. And, you know, knowing he's just he's rolled the dice in the market and on on gambled their money is what he did. And it cost, you know, they, they lost money on him gambling their money. Thousands of right. dollars. Right. And it makes it it puts everything to an, into perspective when you look at every every hour you're at work, you're. You know, you could be doing something else. You know, your your time is your money, and your money is your time. But you're sacrificing your life for every dollar that you make. Yeah. And when you look at it in, in terms of that, the average person is going to be like, "Well, that's only a thousand dollars. Well, how long did it take you? Yeah. How long did you spend at work, away from your family, away from yeah. friends? Is that worth fun? Things? Forty hours a week at exactly. work, right there, is what that yeah. just cost you. Like you basically just gave up a vacation week, yeah. right there. It's all about perspective. And that's that's a great point. When you like, when people think about it like that, then that that does really put it in perspective. Because yep. again, it's one thing because it takes time to save all that money up and you get your tax refund back. But at the end of the day, it's like that. That's a great point. Yeah, in this case, that was. Hey, I don't even want to. They wouldn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other deals of the week we got to talk about? Anything else going on, Trey? I actually did have something to input. Um, Experian <clears throat> is implementing. Uh, a new system it's called Experian Boost. It's probably it's it's mainstream, but it, there's probably not going to be a lot of people seeing uh, help, if you will, uh, in terms of their scores. But anyways, so this what they do is you actually sign up and you link your bank account. So whatever bills you pay, you pay your cell phone through your your checking account, or you pay whatever utility, right? They will actually, once you link your bank account, they will actually use that information, almost like an alternative trade line, and they will actually use that information to give your credit score a boost. Really? Yeah. However, Experian boost. Yeah. However, I called about that. I called. Yeah, it's the, not. Yeah, I it's, called our place. Okay, so the the lady at Advantage Credit, who we use, uh, and we also use Credit Plus still, but uh, she told me on the phone that. It is some kind of uh, something eight, like a, a credit eight thing. Advantage, so advantage in other words, eight score. advantage eight. So it doesn't come right. into play for mortgage draws. Right. Yet. 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 So as of right now, like don't go tell your customer, boost this because it ain't going to work for you. Right. But it's something to, you know. Keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, it might evolve. Know. Right. Because I was thinking, because the customer I have right now, you know, I got a 602 score. If I get above 620, it's a lot better. I was like, oh, I'll just go boost this thing. You know, I saw the commercial on TV. I called the number, and that's what they told me. So it's not there yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that it's, was, something, it's yeah. something interesting that well, yeah, a lot I mean, of people don't see. If you're going to buy your about. car or something else, yeah. Well, they start, I know they start awarding points on your credit report when your credit card balance is 30% or less of the limit. Mm-hmm. So if you have a credit card that's 10000 okay, if your credit card balance is $2,999 or less, that's when they start pushing you into the yep. A category. Yep. And when you start maxing out your credit card or... That drags you down. Right. Yeah. You actually... The the magic numbers are 1 to 19% usage on each individual card. And then the uh, the actually the overall of every... So if you've got 10 cards, 
using one to 19% of every single one of those cards and then all together will actually it'll actually net you the best possible credit score. And it sounds weird like it's that somebody with more cards but managing that debt will have a much better credit score right. than somebody that has maybe only had one credit card and never been late their entire life and they almost want you to have more debt but see that you can manage that debt and that's that's how you get those higher scores. Yep. Um it's kind of messed up because I've, I've actually been following mine too, and and uh, I had a drop like fourteen points, like, and the reason was because I put a computer on my credit card. That's the only thing I did different. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing's been late, but it dropped fourteen points just from that. It's just, really, it's not above thirty percent. It's not even above twenty percent. But uh, one of my realtors said, "Can you pick me up a computer?" I went and set it up and stuff. He gave me the money back, obviously, but I still put it on there for a minute. You know, right? Um, but yeah, fourteen point drop for that. That's what's great too. You know, we have some of these opportunities with these, you know, score advantage and like or what if scenarios to go through. And we've done it before where somebody's had you know some, several credit cards that are have no balance on them. Uh, maybe one has higher balance, and we're like, hey, well, we just move money around. So take these cards that have no money on them. Use some of this to pay this down. Use some of this one to pay that one down. Spread out that debt that you have on this one higher one and boom you can jump a score like more than what you people would think yeah. right yeah uh, you look at it as like glasses of water on a table and it makes complete sense if this yeah. one's almost spilling over and you've got none in this one and none in this one and a half of this one you equal them out and that's what they're looking for is exactly yeah. you're you're able to they're looking for jugglers if you work in a circus you're probably yeah, you yeah, probably got a good score <laughs> that's a good way to play it like that explanation is actually a really way to start putting that to people that it's the way I talk and over-explain things, like I, I could really simplify that and say that that way right there. That's a good way to do it. It took me long. I, I, got, I, I started out in the business doing credit repair, so I've, I've been like, you know, working on graphs and charts and explanations to help people understand this because no one really knows. I mean, there's, no. you know. The math, I mean, it's, they, it's yeah, it's, the math to build a rocket ship would probably be easier to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The algorithms that they use and the different scoring models and what they take into account, it, it's it will blow your mind. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Even people like eight hundred, like your credit limits are too high, and they're like, "What does this say this for?" I'm like, "We don't even read that. Like, that's you have an eight hundred score. You're completely fine. Right? Like that. They just that's like an auto populate on there. That's so yeah. Some of that that's even to this day. Like if if you ask my dad about credit scores, and he'll get on his soapbox uh, with how credit agencies are. Oh well, yeah. That actually it that it's kind of a good segue into something because uh, one of the the issues that I've kind of been running into with uh, a couple different borrowers is they don't, they have no credit score, you know, the, the non-QM stuff. And, you know, most of the time everybody's like, oh, well, you need a credit card to get a credit card and you need to have credit to get credit, but you can't get credit if you don't have credit. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And there's a couple different things that I've actually um, it basically suggested to people um, where if you don't, if you don't qualify for a traditional credit card, there are a couple different things you can do. One is the big thing is a secured credit card. You have to have the money to put down sometimes, uh, depending on which one. I used to um, suggest that people use a, a, a Capital One. I actually went through the entire process of getting a secured credit card so I could walk them through it step by step. So if there was, you know, if they had question about anything, I can just walk them through it. But yeah. uh, one of the main things, um, we don't get paid for, I think we have to put this disclaimer, we don't get paid for advertising anything. Um, there's a company called Self Lender, um, where they basically, uh, it's a uh, a bond, 
that that they get they take out in your name there's like a small startup fee of like 12 to 15 dollars i think it was um and basically they you pay them back uh, monthly however much you want um to pay off the bond and then at the end of 12 months i think um that bond matures and you can cash it out you get most of your money back but through the entire 12 months that that payment that you're making each month is actually reporting to all three credit bureaus at oh, the same time. So you don't, anyone can get it. As long as you, I think as long as you're 18, you don't have to have any credit. You don't, you know, everyone is qualified to do it. And it's a, it adds a it's trade a line. good trade line yeah. to get. And you get a bunch of money back. So it could be somebody that, you know, I'm looking to buy a house, you know, I'm thinking in the future, maybe next year, you know, you can do this, save some money for your down payment, build your credit score at the same time, build a payment history and you know and to the other end of that there's even people who have, have gotten themselves into credit card debt and it's like they're just they won't do it again and but they they're still trying to get a house you're like well you're still you're trying to get some of these things caught up but you you have nothing good reporting so we need yeah. if you can get something good reporting you can stop this bleeding here right. so that's an avenue there for them to get that you know start right. something here to give you a safer you know way to get that good trade line going forward so you can get credit reestablished again and get yourself in that back, back in that good position yeah true yeah. have you ever heard anything about like people using like health club memberships uh car insurance uh you know internet service cell phone you know showing a payment history on those accounts and then having that measured as well because not you know, measured <clears throat> it's been i've seen it as an alternate trade line right. yeah. but That's not as like a way to uh, affect a credit score though no. right i've used yeah you can use a cell phone cable bill and uh car insurance for alternate trades but if you don't have any score i, I even used um yeah. uh, a couple that i'm doing one for they had they live there they rent it they rent a place uh from uh the young lady's mother and they pay her cash and there wasn't a trade line there because there was no paper trail um but i found that they they have a pet care program that they pay monthly for their dogs through the local uh, veterinary clinic right. and they were actually able to to use that use that yeah which is i mean it's a form of payment to be able to track i mean that's what yeah. people want to know is just are what's your willingness to pay and as long as you can prove that and if, whether it's you know, if the credit bureau is saying that you're not, you know, that's that's what we try to get fixed. If you have nothing there, then at least you have other uh, other avenues. Yeah. Speaking of dogs. Because there's a way to get loans done with, <laughs> with no credit scores. We have those options. Right. Like there's there's a way to get them done. Speaking of dogs, we might need a special guest presentation coming. Is she around here? She was. <laughs> she got <laughs> Who went to sleep? I'd like to see her on screen one our, time. Our right? special guest here. is taking a nap somewhere. <laughs> there she is. Come on in here. Stand up by Daddy. See if she'll stand up by you, Tom. Come here. Come here. Oh, there she is. All right. Say hello, everybody. Hi, Mishka. This is our office friend, Mishka, the dog, who likes to chase squirrels out back and uh, come visit us at the office frequently. The kids love her. That's, kids love her. All, everybody the comes in with the kids. Like, is that puppy here? Is that puppy here again? Yeah. The mailman might not like her so much, but that's funny. <laughs> I start laughing every time she comes to the door. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty pretty good for the day. Guys, you got anything else? or uh, How about those jackets? Yeah, huh? Those jackets. Making a little run? I think we find oh out tonight who we, who we play in round two, I think. 
Uh, nice. Game seven's tonight. Well, they, uh, we, we find out who we play yeah, in the well, second it's, round. Yeah, because it's, it's game you – know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, that series is tied, isn't it? The uh, Bruins and Toronto game series, 3-3, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Last game's tonight, huh? Sweet. Sounds like it. That's yeah, game seven to Toronto or Boston. All right. Go Jackets. Yep. All right, guys. Have a great week. Have a good week. Peace. Mm-hmm.